Well, good morning again. And uh, I'm glad again that you're here this morning. We started a brand new series this morning that we're calling Following Jesus at Work, where we're simply trying to do exactly what uh, is said there in, the, in this video, where we're trying to find ways in which we can go about our Monday through Friday job or Monday through Sunday or Saturday, whatever our job is, that we can go about that in a way that honors God, in a way where our work is not just a drain on us, but a work that we can follow after Christ, and we can actually see our lives as, or our work lives as actual part of our worship, ways in which we can honor God, the way we can follow after Him at work. And I'm really excited about this series because as we, as we look at the series, as we look at the actual details of our, of our everyday life, this is where like the rubber hits the road, where it's good kind of to kind of talk a good talk at church or in our Bible studies or in our life groups, but what does it look like for us to follow Jesus and his ways of doing things at work, in our nine-to-five kind of job, in the re- real life, in the real places we find ourselves in. So I'm actually really excited about this to find out how do we pursue Jesus in the details of our life. Kind of getting away from the just the Sunday morning stuff, but kind of get down into the details of our life, our everyday living. It's like the Apostle Paul writes in Romans where we take our everyday ordinary walking around, breathing, going to meetings, driving the car, everyday kind of life, and we lay that before Christ as a spiritual act of worship, that we bring all that we do and we lay it before the throne as worship. And so we can see our work as being an expression of worship as well. And when we do that, we will find our work taking on all sorts of aspects of meaningfulness and fulfillment because we're, we're seeing that we're following Christ in our workplace. So as we get started this morning, let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you for this morning. We pray that you would give us hearts that are receptive and ears that would hear the message that you would have for us, that we might follow you fully in the details of our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, as apprentices to Jesus, our commitment to following him stands when we recognize that Jesus is the authority or Jesus has great knowledge over every aspect of our life. He knows everything about this world, every detail of the world, every detail of our life, every aspect of uh, what's going on in our life. And he knows how to best operate and lead our life. He knows how to best operate and lead and do our life better than anyone else. And so our commitment to be in his apprentices or his followers stands on this recognition that Jesus has all authority, that he is supreme over everything. And we've been created in such a way as to bring honor and glory and and praise to God through all that we do. Wherever we find ourselves through the week, we've been called to bring honor and glory to God. And so this series, we're going to look at the, the practical places that God has us during the week. And what does it look like to approach those days uh, as an act of worship and to give honor and glory and praise to God in our everyday life? To say Jesus is Lord, among other things, but to say Jesus is Lord is to recognize him as the best informed, smartest, most intelligent being ever to live and all, over all aspects of our life. And when we say that Jesus is our Lord, we're not simply saying something about religious stuff. We're saying that he has got the best information and the most well-informed being over all aspects of life. And he is supreme 
over everything. And this is how the early followers of Jesus, the first Christians, saw Jesus. Not as a magician who said the right words and incantations and did the right hand movements to make things happen. And not just a religious person who said some great things in theory, but he was the one who knew everything, who held it all together, who knows how everything works the very best way. And so as we see him, as we understand Jesus this way, we can see him as, as being our Lord, our, the one who has mastery over everything, the one who has the most information, the best, uh, most intelligent person ever to live. That he has everything, that, everything in this world, both, both seen and unseen, as we'll see in a second, that he has mastery over all of it. And he knows the best way to live our very, li- our very lives. He's the most brilliant, intelligent, smartest person ever to live. And he knows every detail of how to live life the very best, including our work and the school and the stuff that we have to do and the various things we go through Monday through Friday. The book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul reminds us about the supremacy of Christ, and he writes it this way. He says that the Son, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, both visible and and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. All, or he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Paul is speaking of the supremacy of Christ, that when we say Jesus is Lord, he's saying that all things fall under his leadership. All things sit underneath the lordship or the supremacy of Christ. And so we have to wrestle with this question. Aspects of our life, not just our religious life, not just our Christian life, not just the life that we have in front of our Christian friends, but all of our life. Is Jesus the Lord over all of our life, even our work? And how do we go about our Monday to Friday work, whether it's we get a paycheck or whether we're volunteering, whether it's in the fields or whether it's in the office? How do we go about our everyday life, our work, in a way that demonstrates that Christ is Lord even there. That Christ is supreme even there. And we see that our work environment, whatever we do, is an arena where we submit ourselves to the leadership of Christ, where He is the Lord of our life. Even when we are sitting in meetings and returning emails and sitting with colleagues or whatever we may find ourselves doing, that He is Lord even there. And it changes how we approach our work. And where, like the video was saying, work can no longer be just this draining, drudgery thing where we do, where we just wake up and we have to hit the snooze button five times before we get out of bed and we just don't like going to work. But where work can become something as an expression of our worship where we're working for God and for God's glory. See, and when we see work and as worship, then we see whatever we do, whether it's a technician or it's a teacher or it's a volunteer or it's a student or a farmer or we're just managing the house and all the sporting events that have to go on there. We recognize Jesus's mastery even there and we follow the ways of Jesus even there. But we have to push against our culture here because our culture has told us in small ways and in not so small ways that work is bad. Work is to be avoided. If at all else, just stop working and, and, or work just enough to where you can finally retire and relax and not work and not do anything. 
But from a Christian perspective, from a theological perspective, work is an essential part of how you and I have been made, how we've been created. We've been fashioned together in the image of God himself, and God is one who makes. God is one who creates. God is one who works. And so working is not some necessary evil thing that we should avoid at all costs, but it's an expression of how we've been made. And and there's a way in which we go about our work, whether it's for a paycheck or volunteer, or it's a school or we're teaching, or whatever it is we're doing, there's a way in which we can go about it that honors and reflects the dignity of God himself, the way in which we have been made. Right at the very beginning we see this. Not only how we've been made, but the charge and the instruction that God gives us right after the creation account. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 1. It says that, that God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant and the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, that they will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and saw that it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Notice at the very beginning, God creates us in his image in order that we may rule and subdue and work in order that we may have responsibility, in order that we may work and have a job to do. And after all this creation has happened, after he sets us in the garden and gives us the instruction to work, to tend to the ground and take care of the animals and take care of one another and to do all this stuff, he sees all of that, all of the work included, and sees that it is very good. Friends, you and I have been created in the image of God. And part of what that means is it means that we've been created in the image of God who is a worker, who makes things, who creates things, who sustains life, who walks along with people. And so you and I have been made in order to work as well. That work is not some necessary evil that we just have to get through until someday when we don't have to do it any longer. It's an essential part of what it means to be made in the image of God. And to do it in the way that God does, and the way in which God desires is a way in which brings fulfillment and life and goodness to us rather than drudgery and draining and, and emptiness to us. God creates us from the very beginning to be people who will continue his work in this world, to increase and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the world, take care of things, take care of the plants and the land and the animals and one another, and he sees it, and he sees it all, and he says, all of this is very good. So my friends, whether you work in an office or in a field or at home or you're a student and you go to school, when you work and you work at it well, you are tapping into the way in which you were created from the very beginning. Because you and I were made to work. We were made to create. We were made to do things. And work, when we do it this way, can be an expression of worship. 
work when we do it this way and, and we view it this way can be an expression of giving God honor and praise and glory and it can be worship. But there's a way in which approaching this work that we have is kind of like this necessary thing we have to kind of just push through and punch the clock and we just kind of just do the bare minimum just to get by and we don't do anything else. We just kind of go through the motions of work and work and our days can just drag on and drag on and we can be going, is there anything more to this? Is this, is this really all there is to work? I just show up, I punch a clock and I punch out and I just kind of do my job. I don't have any life in it anymore. And my friends, that's because we're not seeing work the way that God has created us to work, the way in which we might bring honor and glory to God, the way in which we might step into the way God has created us. That work is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You and I have been made this way. But you and I were made to do it in a specific kind of way, in the way of Jesus. And Jesus, when he comes, he demonstrates the very perfect way in which we can engage with our work. And this is what we want to do, follow the Jesus way in our work. So what does he do? And how can we do this? Well, the Apostle Paul's got some instructions for us as it relates to work and how we can pursue work as worship and not just this necessary evil thing that we have to kind of drudge through. So in the book of Colossians later on in verse, or chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says it this way. He says, whatever you do, whether in word or, do, or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Whatever you do, he says, work at it with all of your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters, because it is the Lord Christ we are serving. So when we talk about following Jesus at work, we're not primarily talking about doing Christian work or somehow just coming and doing more church work. When we talk about following Jesus, we're talking about in your place of employment right now, where you are, how do I do that with all of my heart? How do I do that with all of who I am, bringing honor and glory? How do we do it in a way that loves God and loves others? In this passage in, in Colossians, Paul reminds us that we are to bring our very best at whatever aspect of work is before us. That we don't do just the bare minimum to skate by. We don't do just kind of like, let me just ski, you know, come in and, and, and zip out as quickly as I can, but we bring our very best. Because we're reminded that whether we're a volunteer, we're at school, or we're in an office building, or wherever we find ourselves, that we are really working for Christ himself, that we are working for God, and that when we do that, we can bring it our very, very best, because that's what God is worth. God is worth everything that we have. And so whatever we do, whether it's in word or in deed, we work at it as if working for the Lord. And we recognize that we are his representative in the place that we have in the work environment that we have. We may be, quite honestly, the only representation of Christ that somebody in your work environment has. You may be the only representation of Jesus that they will ever meet. And so we come and we bring a Christ-likeness heart to them. We learn to love God and we learn to love others right there in our work. And we also learn that uh, our work is not made to, to make a human master or our boss happy or to avoid a bad performance review or to get a good grade from our teacher. But our work is done in excellence the best way possible because it is God that we are serving and he is worth everything that we have. It is God that we are serving and he is worth everything that we have.
And so we pray for the work that we do. We pray that as we go into the midst of our morning, as we get to school or we get to the office or we get to wherever we find ourselves working, we pray that we would be able to serve God well today and we'd be able to serve others in the name of Jesus well today with however we find ourselves doing that. We remember the great commandment to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others well and to love others as ourselves. We find ourselves at work and we find ourselves learning to step into this aspect of not just skating by doing the very bare minimum, but we bring our very best. And we do this to honor God because this is how we've been made. We've been made to, to work with all of our heart, all of our minds, all of our souls in a way to honor God, to love God, and to love others in our work environment. John Stott says, this about this aspect about work and our vocation and our jobs. He says it this way. He says, it seems to me urgent to gain a truer perspective in this matter of vocation. Jesus Christ calls his disciples to ministry, that is, to service. And he himself is a servant par excellence. And he calls us to be servants too. This much then is certain. If we are Christians, we must spend our lives in the service of God and man. And the only difference between us lies in the nature of the service we are called to render. In other words, as Christians, as followers of Christ, our chief calling is to serve God and to serve others. And the only difference is whether I serve him in an office building or I serve him on the field or I serve him in a board of directors or I serve him in, in a volunteer situation or if I serve him on, as a pastor on staff. There's no difference it, other than the stuff I'm doing. How I'm doing it is in order to serve God and a way to serve others. And I bring my very best. And so when I reflect, when I work, reflects the heart of God this way, placing myself as a servant of other people, and I learn to love them, and I learn to love God, and I learn to bring my very best to everything that I'm doing at my office or in my job, I'm learning to honor God. And I'm learning to, to bring my all, to work at it with all of my heart. And my work then can become an aspect of worship. It doesn't matter what we do necessarily. It matters how we do it. And learning to follow Jesus at work, whatever the work is, will lead us to a more fulfilling kind of life, a more fulfilling kind of work where we're not just getting up begrudgingly going and punching the clock, but we learn to serve God there. Why would God have me in this place? How can I serve God well in my job today? How can I serve the other people well in my job today? And if we can do this because it is the Lord Christ we are serving, then our work transitions from just being a job into worship. And, it, and it's a good thing that we do. And rather than seeing our work as being something that we have to just kind of grit our teeth and go through it, we can express our worship, our devotion, our desire to follow Jesus here. See, friends, we don't do our jobs well. We don't bring everything we are to it in order to gain human approval, in order to get a good grade on that test, or in order to, get a, a, or to avoid getting a bad review. We work at our jobs with all of our hearts, seeking to do a job well done because it is right. And it honors God when we bring all of who we are to our jobs. And it honors God when we do our jobs with excellence because God deserves our very best. And if it is the Lord Christ we are serving, then we do it with all of our heart. And when we do so, we honor and we bring glory and praise to God. And now our work is no longer a job, but it's worship. 
And just so we're clear here, I'm not saying that we should not change jobs ever or look for a better opportunity or, or ignore the problems that are going on in our office. To the contrary, I think we, it's, it's no problem with doing that. The issue is to remember that if it is God that we are serving, if it is God that we are seeking to honor with our lives, and that includes our work environment. And it changes the way in which we approach our work, not just as something to do from 9 to 5, but a way in which we bring all of who we are and do our work with as much excellence as we possibly can because excellence honors God because God is worth all of it. But what does that look like for us? I mean, if that's the picture, if that's the idea of what that does, what does that look like for us? What, how does uh, an, our approach to work as worship actually look like in every small detail of our life? Well, the truth is I don't know for you because I don't know your job. I don't know the responsibilities that are on you, but I do have a picture that I want to show you, an example of what it might look like for you to go and approach whatever job you have with excellence in a way in which you can serve God and serve others in the midst of your job. So check a look, take a look at this video here, and then we'll get, keep, keep going. See, it's the small things. Doing our very best, regardless if someone's going to pay for it or not, they deserve the best that we can possibly give them. Because when we bring our very best, we remember that we're not just doing it for a paycheck. We're not just doing it for the accolades. We're not doing it for the raise. We're not doing it for the good grade. We're not doing it for a good GPA. We're not doing it for the degree we're going to get. We're doing it because we're doing it in the name of Jesus. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, remembering it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And work becomes worship, a way in which we can express our devotion to Christ. So a few things to just leave us with as we kind of get ready to close and, and get to the celebration of the Lord's table. A few things to remind you about work. The first is that work is an essential gift from God. It is how we've been created. Whether you work for a living or you're working as a volunteer or managing various sports schedules and taking care of people at the house, you've been created to work. And when we work as, a, as an expression of our worship, we have more meaningful fruitful, and life-giving work that we engage in. Secondly, that our work is to be pursued with excellence because excellence honors God. With all that we are, with all of our heart, we do it because we remember it is the Lord Christ that we are serving. And the third thing is that Christian work or work done in a Christian perspective doesn't mean that it's professional church work. It means that we are people who are seeking to love God and love other people in the place of work that we have ourselves in the place of work that we have ourselves. And lastly, when we recognize the gifts and the talents and the abilities that we have, we've been given these talents and gifts and abilities in order for service, in order to be servants of the people that we're caring for, the people that are around us in our work environments, wherever God has placed us, that we are to be people of service there. So how might this view of work as not a necessary necessary evil but as a, a gift that God has created you in and a way in which you can do it diligently with excellence how might that change the way you approach work tomorrow recognize that you don't work immediately you may work immediately for a human boss but ultimately you're working for the Lord Christ how does that change your approach to work how might it uh, change your approach to every aspect of your work how do you bring your very best and not just skate by, but bring it all as if working for the Lord. Well, it's good for us to consider these things. It's good for us to wrestle with these truths and see how they may work out for us individually. And it's also good for us to come to the Lord's table 
Because it's at the Lord's table that we remember that it is God who has sought after us to redeem and rescue us. That is, we who have been far away from God and yet God has drawn near to us to draw us into a relationship with him again. And we come grateful and humbled that, the, that Christ would see us and see the value in us to step out of eternity and draw us back into himself. And we come recognizing that this table calls us forward and to extend what we have received from God into the places that we may be sent, even into our work environments. We practice open communion at Crossroads, which basically means if you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to come and participate in this meal. In a moment, you'll be dismissed in the back, uh, from the backs of your section, uh, and you'll come up on the right-hand side of your section. There'll be four stations. You can take the bread and the cup, and you can either take them up here, or you can take them back around the side of your section and sit back down in your chair, and you can take them back there uh, at, at whatever time you need. If you are coming with a burden or a prayer need or a request that you would like us to pray for, there'll be some of us, prayer team will be over on this side of the worship center at the kneelers, that you can come and be prayed for, and we'd love to be with you in that moment. Uh, at any time during the communion time, you're welcome to come during that. If you come and you want to just spend some time quietly in your own prayer time, there's a prayer alcove on that side of the worship center, and you're welcome to take advantage of that as well. But it's good for us to recognize that all that we do is centered underneath the supremacy of Christ. And it is because of him and because of him alone that we can walk in the ways of, of eternity and into the kingdom of God. It's good for us to pause, to consider these truths, to wrestle with them, and to come with, with sober mind and, and a humble heart. So as we do, if you wouldn't mind, by, bow your heads and quiet your hearts. Uh, and as we prepare for the communion this morning, those who are serving, you can come. And prepare yourselves as well. Scripture reminds us of the importance of reflection and confession in the life of a Christ follower. That we recognize that we've been given this eternal life and that it's only through Christ and through the grace that he has given us. So in these moments, let God's spirit speak to your heart about areas of your life that need to be confessed. And uh, as we kind of engage in a corporate prayers of confession, may you and I find that God is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us of any unrighteousness. Pray together. We confess failure to love God most. We confess dishonoring words in our home. We confess treasuring and coveting things we do not have. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are so grateful to be invited into life with you. God, we pray for the courage and the wisdom to follow you fully even while we're working, that we submit our work to you as our Lord, that you are the Lord and supreme over our daily work. May you be glorified and honored by the way we go about it. May we do it with our whole hearts because you are so worth everything. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning.